Haymaker Coffee Company was established in 2021 to create the best coffee to fuel the underdogs who perseveres, who hustles, and have the give-it-all mentality to achieve their American dream. Haymaker Coffee only roasts top quality, specialty-grade coffee beans resulting in brews that satisfies those who demand every drop from their coffee and day. If you work hard, run hard, fight hard, and play hard, we have your coffee right here. And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Hope you are having a great week. Golf is back. Pro golf, that is. I know some of you in the north right now, you're like, wait a minute, I'm looking out my window and there's (laughs) two and a half feet of snow and the wind's blowing and the wind chill is 12 degrees. I get it. But pro golf is back and they're in Hawaii and there's nothing more than I like than to, uh, you know, put the kids down, pour a glass of wine, turn it on, and the coverage is just coming on from Hawaii. The scenes, the little light wind, trade wind, you can see the palm trees moving. And um, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's a nice feeling. And uh, I'll be watching some pro golf uh, this week, Century Tournament of Champions, and next week at the Sony. Then a guy that's playing this week, on the podcast on Wednesday, Sepp Straka, great year. He is in the field uh, of 39 at Kapalua, and his coach joins me here today, who's not in Kapalua. They don't invite you to these. John Tillery, how you doing, buddy? Good, man. How are you? What's up, man? Like, they're like, I mean, all this hard work that you guys put in, you travel the country with them, the world in some cases, and they can't get you to Kapalua, you and the family, for like two or three days? Come on, Seth. Yeah, no, I'm sure he'd be happy to have me. Um, I, try not to, I try not to mix vacation and work too much. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, a long, that's a long flight that I have to uh, go to work. That is a long flight. So you know Tom Hoagie is going to be on the, um, on the podcast yeah. Monday. And we were exchanging texts with him. And here's Hoagie's schedule. So he's playing this week, right? Of course, he won. Uh, he's playing at Kapalua. He's going to leave after Sunday, fly to California. He's going to the Georgia TCU game. And then he's flying back to Sony. Mm, I love it. <laughs> Probably a few casino stops in there somewhere, too. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. You know, of course, uh, you know, Sap went to Georgia and uh, and and Tom Hoagie went to TCU. So and I know you're a bulldog. I mean, look, these Horned Frogs have a chance. They're down 13-point underdog. It, it, this, this would be amazing if TCU somehow could pull this off. And it feels like a back-to-back national championship for the dogs to me. It would. It would be amazing. I hope it doesn't happen, but it would be amazing. But we saw last um, last weekend that, you know, you can't, can't count them before they hatch. And uh, no. I, I expect them to give us a good game, but I'm hoping that was a little bit of a – Wake up call last week. What's your schedule look like this year? I know you, uh, you know, you work with a lot of players. Um, I know it kind of comes and goes, you know, some are in, you got four or five, and all of a sudden you got three. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast with you guys out there and you guys travel a lot. What's your, what's your schedule look like this year and say in the next couple of years? I know your boys are getting older. You, uh, you can be traveling as much. Are you going to be spending a little more time at the, at the uh, house there? Yeah, I'm kind of pulling back a little bit. You know, I've gone to it, it happens fast, right? Like I've looked up, look up, and I've gone to 25 events for ish, um, for whatever, 10, 11 years in a row. Um, like you said, boys growing up, 
I need to be home a little more. Um, you know, I'll still be, able, I'll still go to plenty of events to be with my guys and, you know, just trying to, trying to work with them a little more at home, which to be totally honest with you is, is more productive anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, right. It's uh, it's, it's tough out there. You know, I, I have this conversation with, with a lot of coaches who I exchange DMS with, and I never really elected to, to go out there and do what you guys are doing. I have a lot of respect for what you guys do out there and how much time. And that's why I tell people, I'm like, you have no idea how much time these guys spend <laughs> at the range on the golf course, the putting green. And then it doesn't end there. It's dinners. It's late night texts, phone calls with the player, their significant other. You're talking to their dog. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, it, it just, it, it really never ends. Does it John? No, it, it's, it's a circus, you know, and it, like I said, the, the hard thing is the time that you really have away from distractions to be able to get any work done. Right. Like Mondays turn into usually travel day. Tuesdays are good. Um, but even then you might get a little session in and they go and play nine, let's say in a practice round and have a little money match. And so you're kind of watching and yeah, you're getting videos kind of talking between shots, um, which is better than nothing. But then, you know, Wednesdays, they're generally entertaining guys for, Five, you know, the whole day's kind of eat up, eating up a lot of days with pro-ams and then gun goes off. So, you know, um, I always used to joke that, you know, having a having a full day at home with one of my guys is about the equivalent of going to four events. Yeah, that, that's, that's just it, right? How do you get, I mean, it's so hard to get stuff done out there. You know, I'll be at the American Express here in a couple of weeks and, you know, I'll stand there and watch and, you know, talk to you guys, a few players I know and, capture a few swings and this and that. And I'll just kind of observe and watch. And, you know, I'm watching coaches trying to get stuff done with their players and it's just hard. I mean, it's just, there's just so many moving parts and people and distractions and this and that. And man, it's just hard to get stuff done. So I'm sure when you can get them in your studio, you know, when that two week off season happens, right. You get like two or three weeks off and, you know, you can actually get a few things done. I just had Chris Como on and we were talking about some of the things that, um, they've been doing in the off season, him down in West Palm, there working with Jason day and Bryson and some others. And uh, I think he kind of feels the same way. All right. I want to talk about a lot of, I, I, there's a lot of things I want to talk about here. Um, okay. um, but I think when you look at my audience, like I have a lot of amateur players, some pros that, that listen to this, but I have a lot of teachers too. I, I get a lot of feedback from teachers, which is awesome. Um, that watch this podcast and they always enjoy listening obviously to my guests and particularly I think the teachers that are out there and doing this for a living working with the best players because that's the aspirations that a lot of them have some don't but some do and I want you to share your insight on working um, your experience with Ricky Fowler who you worked with for what was it two and a half years three years somewhere in there yeah something like that two and a half maybe yeah so Ricky comes to you um there were some physical things um, with his back that you guys had to, to work around. Um, I remember when you guys started, I had you on the podcast and we were talking about some of the changes um, with the body and the club and this and that. Take us into that experience, JT, as you, as you kind of had some time now and you look back and um, you know, maybe some of the things that you learned through that experience with Ricky. Yeah, no, it's, um, I mean, he's still one of my favorite people in the world, you know, and, um, and we, we stay in touch 
And really and truly, like I expect him to have a good year this year. He's working on essentially a lot of the same things that we were uh, doing. Um, but yeah, it's it's obviously different with different players. You know, so you take somebody like like Rick, who really and truly like games always been easy for him, right? Good since yeah. the, all the stories are good since they were little. You know, never really thought much about their golf swing. Kind of always came easy to them. And then, you know, to me, those kind of can be challenging when if their pattern kind of gets a long ways away from what it was. It's one of those things like it works till it doesn't. And then um, and then it's kind of like, now what? Um, and, you know, the the X's and the O's, like I said, is that like that's the easy part. Yeah. Um, for me and for him, you know, seeing, hey, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to change, blah, blah, blah. The hard part is, you know, blending that, especially the way the season is, blending that into when they're playing all the time. Because, um, you know, you'd always kind of see everything obviously reverting back. You want to be able to play, not thinking about your golf swing. Um, and it gets tricky, obviously, if you aren't trusting it and, and you're sitting yeah. there maybe for the first time um, for a while or maybe ever, feeling that you need to control how you move or how you swing a golf club and being conscious of it out there while you're trying to hit a shot and brains getting mixed signals. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it definitely was, it definitely was challenging. You know, it's, uh, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, I think we both learned a lot through it and, you know, it's like good info doesn't automatically equal good results and vice versa. Um, yeah. But I think and the he's info kind of you were mentioning, because he 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 now went back to Butch and he's working with Butch, and the info is pretty much the same. Because you even like there was a didn't you even like talk to Butch about because Ricky had some experience with Butch right beforehand, and so you even were talking to him at the time saying, "Hey, here's here are the things we're doing," and Butch is like, "Yeah, exactly, right." Yeah, I think we went out there one during Vegas one week, you know, and looked at video, shared some videos, talked a little bit, and. um I think Rick went back out there with the one that maybe the next year and I wasn't there. And, um, and yeah, it was, you know, all, all good and things yeah. were good. And, you know, that's what we kind of ran into. Honestly, we got, we, we'd see stuff on the golf course and, um, in tournaments that you know, would never see it in practice. You know, I mean, the two things yeah. I think probably get mixed with that whole story, say with me and him is, you know, first of all, it's not like, um, he didn't call me because he was playing great or hitting it great. Right. So it's not like we went in there and then got worse. Um, yeah. And then, and it was and facilitated. I'm, like the whole, the whole thing was facilitated from Ricky, right? Like he was like, he wasn't playing great. And he, so he comes to you and says, look, here's, you know, I'm not playing great. I got, I got to make some changes. And he was having some back issues too. Right. Yeah. And I think it was just some old stuff with um, ribs um, from, but you know, years I think before wasn't recent to me. It wasn't right before. I think it was way before that. But um, some lingering things there. And but yeah, I mean, it was just a hey, here's what we need to get done. And then you know, probably for the coaches, um, you know, all you do is you work with somebody, give them your best. It works out great. You learn from what worked, and then you if it does, you work from what doesn't. And um, you know, it's hard to kind of give somebody when you throw a bunch at them and then you try to kind of back down, that's more difficult than kind of spoon feeding them and adding to it as you go, or mm -hmm. as you gain confidence, as you gain trust. Um, and like I said, we, we had, we're doing a lot of good things and seeing a lot of good things in practice. Didn't was quite the, get um, 
we'll go back to my our original conversation we had that the shaft, right? Like the shaft was um, like Ricky historically would get the shaft kind of laid off and and then, you know, from there it would it would want to steepen a little in transition, you know, and then from there he would, you know, Ricky kind of stay down a long time as the club would exit past him. There was a initially, right, was it it, it was kind of getting the shaft a little more um, say down the line or what felt across the line, or was it, I know the other bucket was kind of not getting to spin off the ball in the backswing, right? It was kind of getting him to kind of feel like he was a little more loaded into his right side. Those were, those were kind of the two buckets per se. Am I, am I missing anything there? Yeah. I mean, I would say that probably, you know, it just depends what there's, there's actually been really significant changes. If you go back from uh, early days, college, right? Like, the old Ricky, the Ricky that showed up on tour, I guess, um, you know, big, big, huge torso turn, kind of outrun yeah. the club, club shut outside the hands, real vertical, super fast hips and transition, lay it off, and then kind of got my club. Pop, yeah. And then kind of pop up and throw it out of the right and roll it. And um, like this. Yeah, a lot of that is right. And he turned so much earlier. By the time, if you kept on going, by the time he gets about lead arm parallel, shaft kind of vertical, he was pretty much done. So he was, you know, so his turn was already complete here right. by the time he was here. That's right. So when you start kind of going the other way, you know, that's when you'd see that club get kind of pulled into that rotation. You see it shallow out a bunch. Um, yeah, because he, he definitely got it more here. Like, and he would rehearse that, right? He would kind of go here and then, and then turn. Yeah. So that was old, you know, old stuff is kind of what you were showing. And then, you know, I think he kind of went through a period where he was trying to not get it. So shut outside the hands, right. vertical, you know, get it more open, get it on plane. And um, obviously went through a little stretch there playing great. And then I would say by the time that I saw him, it was just so, it was, he'd kind of go on the other side of the world as far as that pattern of his old stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the club was, um, the club was in a way different spot as far as completion or travel distance compared to how much he had turned in the same mm-hmm. time from where he used to be. So, you know, the gears kind of got jacked up a little bit in the transition stuff is when you start seeing some of that kind of the layoff to the steepening. Um, yeah. so, you know, I was trying to run him back towards, what he had always, what had made him successful in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting that club at the top, right? Cause I was, I was talking to a Chris about this too, and in getting the shaft when it's like, you know, you, you see it laid off, right? You don't see a lot of players on tour play from here. There's some, you certainly see more here and you see more here. Right. Right. And, so you look at like, you know, that player right there and Ricky's kind of always been hanging out over there. You see John Rom kind of, he's short, but he hangs out over there. You see Sahith Agala hanging out over there. Um, and then what's interesting is, is some from there will go like that. I'm exaggerating, but you know, you'll see him like, you know, a little pull down that shaft will want to go there a little bit. And then others they'll kind of just keep it there. Right. You know, back down this way like this. So like Sahith kind of keeps it there. Um, Rom keeps it there. We were talking about Jamie Lovemark, who Chris works with. He keeps it there. 
Yeah. And usually, you know, those players, they kind of, you know, they, they, they kind of use, you kind of see their chest kind of hanging back just a little bit, but even on the other side, John, and, and, and I'd love to get your thoughts. Like when you see it over here, like even, even like, you know, if it steepens in transition, then usually that better player, they'll come into here and they'll kind of stop the handle will get up a little high and then you'll see them kind of release it, you know, down the line where they kind of hang out this way. So it just feels like neither one of those, whether they keep it back there or they steepen it really kind of suggests a whole lot of like getting out of the way and covering it really. Yeah, I'd say, you know, like, so it's kind of where the center mass of that club is and sort of where the direction of the pull is. So yeah. if the guys get that center mass, when I lay it off, center mass club gets way behind them, right? It's far, far away and over here. And then obviously if they have the kind of pull forward and open, it's going to come tomahawking down steep. Right. Uh, and then basically, you know, a lot of those guys, like to your point, you know, they get in a, get in a position where now, um, kind of blowing a lot of the fuel and it's, you don't see, you'll see a lot of kind of closed chests and arms go flying off them to the right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So what's interesting. And then if you, if you go after that, cause I, I think I have a couple players right now that I work with in here, good players. And they, they, they both kind of, they both kind of go here. Like they, they kind of go here. Right. And, and they manage things pretty well through here. But as you kind of take that shaft, and let's say you start taking it this way more, right? Let's just say you start kind of getting the shaft more like this. Well, then in transition, it start it wants to start going more this way, right? Versus when it's here, it kind of gets in here. And it's interesting because like, like it's almost like a fine line. There's like a little window there, and, and you start kind of toggling where okay, it's laid off, and the next time it's more cross line, it's laid off, and, and and then how that shaft pitches and transitions a little different, and it's just a it's a tough one, that window in there of then how the body wants to, how the body right. needs to respond one way or the other, you know, and That's it's right. just a tough window to manage. You either got to, it's almost like you either got to get it like, okay, we're just going to leave it there. Or we got to take the whole bottle and get it over there. <laughs> you know, like, like you got to exaggerate it. Like I need you as a student to get it over there. I can't, I can't have you toggling in between and, and right. kind of, eh, let me just take a little bit. And then that little bit's not enough. And um, it just seems like it's one of those areas in the swing. It's a tough one to manage. And, the, and I think the better the player, the harder it is to manage. Yeah, I mean, I think you also you just have to kind of watch how it runs up all the segments, right? All the joints, how they're all playing to that. Um, yeah. You know, because a lot of the ones that worry me are like the Frankensteins where you have – nothing suggests that should be over there say the arms are doing something wild some lift over rotate you know that would bother me a bunch um yeah uh vice versa if somebody had nothing going on in the lower body and was crossed a bunch arms are pulling behind them and twisting closed that you know that's more why that alignment would bother me right so you know what i always think about is you have the where that center mass of club is and where you start moving is going to affect a lot of that downswing stuff. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, it's like, I'm having to get this club back to my spine. So what did I do before that? What's that task going to look like now from where I'm at um, in time and space around where the center mass of that club is? Um, you know, most times when you see good players doing something funky through it, 
it's really easy for us as coaches to go in here and go, man, you're popping the handle or you're rolling it instead of it's like, Hey, great job. Yeah. You have, a, you have to accomplish a task and the body's going to do the best it can to, to pull that off. Right. Yeah. And it's, it, it, and it's not, it's not as easy as just the shaft. Cause usually it's like, okay, I, I, I fixed the shaft. Okay. Now I have to kind of teach them a little bit of how that's going to, now the body needs to be a little different. Right. Because right. like, for example, like Sahith and even like Jamie Lumark, like if, if you got the club a little more across the line, let's just say more down the line. Okay. So now the shaft pitches back. You may like that better as a coach, but they're, but they're pivot, but they're pivot still doing the same thing. Their chest is still kind of hanging back a little bit. And now it's even worse because those don't match up. Right. So now they're even Now they're too shallow and hanging back. And so it's like, okay, yeah, okay. I get it over there, but now do I have the time and do I want to then get them to be a little different coming through and maybe with a little less side bend, a little more open, those kinds of things. So it's, I don't know. I, I just find that area up there, the better player. That's a man. That's a, that's a, that's a tricky one. I think I told you that too. I was like, whew, I don't know if I'd want that. You know, like, I don't know if I want that stress. Um, right. <laughs> working with Ricky. Let me ask you, let me finish up with this. You look back, you guys had a nice run, this and that, you know, like it's never easy to like lose a player, but that's just part of the business, you know? And I think it's, it's important for teachers to hear that. Like you're not going to, players are going to come and go. I mean, even, even amateur players and certainly at the professional level, but you look back, would you, would you have done anything different with Ricky or did you feel like, you know, I no, I did exactly what I wanted to do and I feel good about it. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Back to your first point, uh, you know, if, if if you don't want to, if you're scared of tossing and turning some nights and uh, <laughs> stressing out, and if, and if you're scared of being fired, this is not where you want to be. You know, players, players at the end of the day, right? Players they hold all the cards um, on that end, so it can be a difficult setup sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Ricky thing, obviously, you know, when you I think you, I think if you I think if you look back at anything that wasn't that didn't go the way that you wanted it to and can't find something that you'd have done that you learned from or that you'd done different if you had it over again, then you're not learning. Um so yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously the work my tail off with him and yep. you know, I would have probably packed kept the mess just never I'd have probably packaged it down trimmed it down and, and never jumped ship, never wavered. Um, and the biggest thing is I've probably done a lot more taking this from here to the golf course. And how do we go? You have to do this. I know you don't like it. You have to do these drills, this training, then we have to go out here and throw it away and then get back and so kind of get the job done, hitting mm -hmm. the shots versus kind of blending those two worlds is what, is what got difficult there until, until the swing kind of got to where you want it, you know? And then, yeah, cause that's just part of it. Right. It's like, those those goofy swings don't mean people can't play and good swings don't mean people are going to be good players. Right. Did you ever, when's, when's the last time you looked at a player and you're like, come on, man, just exaggerate it more. Jesus, <laughs> just do it. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. the other thing. Like, that's the other thing. Like players push back, you know, they push back. It's not just here. I want you to do A and B and all is good in the world. Right. They're like, well, why do you want me to do A? Well, I don't want to do A. Well, because right. That's what you're hiring me to do, right? And it seems that simple, but sometimes it's not. Like, like, and even at the amateur level, like, ah, I don't know if I can do that. All right, don't do it. 
Yeah, that's what, you know, <laughs> as we talking about kids growing up and us getting older and priorities changing a little bit is, you know, um, I, I think if you, I think if you have good information to give them and you're a good coach and charge them enough where it's worth both of you guys' time, um, you know, I know I've gotten a lot better at just saying, this is what I believe, this yeah. is what we're going to do. And yeah. the door's unlocked back there behind me. <laughs> Did you say the door's unlocked behind me? You guys? Yeah. <laughs> Two ways out it. of here. <laughs> yeah, and I but think... I like put, you know, I would always put... Yeah. And sometimes I don't think that people look, the reality of it is most of the guys that you're giving lessons to, even the tour players, right. They, they, you live and die off of every shot, right. Mm -hmm. Shots being good as a reflection of if you're doing the right thing or if you're going to be successful, blah, blah, blah. So the ball always means something. Um, and what learning really looks like isn't is foreign to 99.9% .9 of the people that you're going to run into, as far as students. Um, so then we have to kind of create those environments that make them only be able to kind of do it one way. Mm -hmm. Um, so I know for me, like I have to quit feeding them golf balls, you know, like when the guy, like you're saying, exaggerating guy, um, they, you know, they just love to rapid fire them out of here. And it's like, yeah. what that was like, and it's like, like the 1700 before you hit in 12 seconds. So, you know, I'm, I love, I love taking the ball away. I love making them watch themselves, talk me through it, make them tell me what I told them, tell it back to me, show me what you do, show me what I'm asking you to do. Now show me what you overdoing, what I'm asking yeah. you to do look like. And then we can hit some into this net and then finally I'll move it away and let you have a party for a little while. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like how do, how can you create that environment for them to self-discover and then, you know, as they self-discover, then they own it. And you're, and then you're like, then you can hold them accountable to that rather than you barking at them saying, Hey, do this, this, and this. And they're like, all they hear is, Oh, geez. All right. All right. Okay. So I got to do a and B to be successful is what you're telling me. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just, that, that's the direction right. that we're taking rather. Okay. Here's the environment. And they're like, Oh, it's this. You're like, Let's hundred. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, that's right. Just, just in my some of the experiences I've had, you know, when I was teaching a lot full time, and I go back to working with certain players, like I can, I can recall, like when I was working with Fred Funk, and he came back from his surgery, his thumb and his knee, and he was really drifting and off the ball, and 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 I said, look, here, here's what I think you should do to to get yourself to find the low point more. And, and, and he had to feel a lot of, a lot of side bend left in the backswing. And he would just look at me like, well, that's a reverse spine angle. I'm like, well, not for you. It's not because you have too much side bend right. this way. And so I need you to feel this when you turn. And man, we kind of like for a little, we kind of just, you know, for a while. And then I'd show him on video and you're like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I am kind of staying. And his turn was getting bigger. He's, you know, all of a sudden his hips, he's starting to open up a little bit and he's in all of a sudden his swings getting longer. Club heads like over here now versus over here. So like, so we kind of went back. I, I, there was like a week into this and I'm like, man, I don't feel like we're getting anywhere. Like, I, like, I feel like this is the right thing he needs to be doing. So it wasn't until probably like second week, we started, I started kind of creating this environment where like, well, what does that feel like to you? Like, what is it when you do that? What does that mean? 
and I can't remember exactly how it all went down, but basically the point of the story is we got to the point where it was, it was not side Ben left to him. It was something else. It was, yeah, yeah. I have no idea what it was. I'm like, well, that's interesting, but let's go, you know? And, you know, and I was a young teacher and, and just probably talking way too much and just wanted to help the guy so much. I mean, I'd do anything to get him back on yeah. track and play and wrap my arms around him. Let's go make, let's go shoot 66. And, and it's like, no, stop talking and just think about what's happening. You got to get him to do what you're trying to get him to do. And what you're telling him right now is not working because I think he buys it, but he's not fully buying it. Right. And then, and then eventually it was like, okay, it was his idea. It was, there was things coming. He was talking more, it was coming from him. And so anyway, it, it, long story short, it was a lot of failure in there to get to a point of like, all right, this is probably a better way to go about it with Fred, which was entirely different than maybe another player, you know, because that player has got a different learning style and a completely different personality. So it's a, there's an art to it. And I think the best way to get better at it is just to do it. Yeah. And as I tell teachers, when you, when you do it, whether you're working with a professional or you're working with a 15 handicap, get in there and do it. Get in there and teach. It's great to look at numbers. It's great to look at 3D. It's great to look at video, but you've got to get in there and start putting your hands on people and moving them and putting a plan out and learning from that because you're going you're gonna to fail, but you're going to have success. But those experiences are far greater than anything you're going to learn looking at a computer. For sure. And I think, you know, so many of us, me included, you know, gotten better at it, but it's really easy for us to, like you said, to, to talk way too much, to explain way too much, you know, it's almost yeah, like, you're, right. like you're trying to sell them on something. It's like, look, you know, what we've all got to understand is these guys sought you out. They're paying you, you know, you're not campaigning to be their coach. So the faster you can jump in there and tell them what to do with confidence and decisiveness and then set up environments where they're not getting caught up in a lot of words while they're filling a bunch of things and all, and then yada, yada, yada. And it gets busy. Um, you know, you know where you want to steer them to and many, as many environments and external things you can create that basically, you know, the perfect setup is something that basically only lets them do it the way you're wanting them to. Right. That you don't have to put a ton of words to. And then, because like, to your point, that feels like this, that feels like that, you know, it feels mm-hmm. like too much, feels like not enough. It's so subjective that when they're away from you, they don't have any way to train it. Right. Like the biggest thing for me when my guys aren't away from me, with what I have them working on, I need something to be the referee. I need there not to be any gray area on good reps, bad reps. Um, when it gets <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, we're saying they think I'm saying something different than I'm saying and vice versa, it gets impossible. Yeah. 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 It's good insight. Yeah. I, I, hopefully that um, resonates um, with some people. And I appreciate you being honest and open about your experiences, um, you know, with your players and Ricky and, and, and Sepp Straka, who, you've worked with for 13 months. I want to get to here in a second who had an incredible year last year, um, winning in uh, the Arnold Palmer tough conditions there. But before we get to that, who's the, who's the better student, Ricky Fowler or barstool Trent? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, better student, man. The fact that you've taken this long to answer no, I have definitely got to go Rick there. Okay. <laughs> Come on. 
Trent's great when it Trent's great when he's here. It's just, you know, I'm like, hey yeah. guys, sitting like this is fun and I love it. But this is what getting better looks like. See, um, is 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 Trent popping beers out there playing and and listening to music and like is it is it the old dub or is he is he no, he's like, no, I don't want any of that. Give me water. I want to be hydrated. I've got my iron head covers on i've got my you know my little scrub i wash my clubs after every you know like is or which where is he or is he like in between no yeah he's he's there's not a it's a, it's all it's all business Dear, really? when, he, when he's out there trying to do it it's all business um <laughs> but no it's been fun i've actually got it getting him back down here in a couple of weeks i said we i've had about enough of this this is a no camera this is a, a no camera event and we're gonna get in here and get this get this over with <laughs> all right let's get in. let's have some fun here with seth i'm gonna i'm gonna put your boy up here so here he is uh you guys started what 30 so i said 13 months ago um and you know really got some good things going because he won end of february at the arnold palmer in orlando then honda yeah or excuse me the honda not not the, yeah at the honda yeah is even more impressive that golf course is just Oof. insane georgia bulldog here i followed you guys for a few holes we did a little thing for the cut on golf channel um at at the rbc where he yep. finished third that week by the way uh ninth at the players I mean, he had a nice run there uh, even after yeah. that win he kept his good play going and you said set likes to hit a little uh, little baby draw right yeah he's always been biased probably too much when we first got going that direction um but yeah, that's that's preferred shot. But he's definitely a little more neutral these days. Where, what what was the uh, issue when you guys started? Like, what what brought him to you? It, was it the miss to the right, or what 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 kind of started moving things in this direction? Like, what what did you do technically there? Uh, yeah, I think I think coming to me was more of a just kind of. Nina Spark just kind of mudding through sort of where he'd been for a while. I'm not sure if he, you know, really honestly just kind of needing a path or a plan a little bit to to get better. You know, we had a lot of mutual friends and kind of run a lot of the same circles. So I was always impressed with him. I always thought he could be a really good player. Um, I always always joke with him that that I always, you know, thought that I thought he's better than he thought he was or mm-hmm. could be better than he thought he was. I thought the sky's the limit um, with him. But yeah, golf swing wise, you know, he used to really get, uh, really get his arms behind him really fast in the back swing, kind of crank lawnmower, face was really shut, and so he'd get kind of deep and twisted around, and so then he'd, he'd always sort of run into this kind of slide, slide to get it ready to hit with, and then have to kind of tilt back to line it up. So obviously everything got very de-lofted, pushy. A lot of low, a lot of push, everything starting right, wedges coming in, you know, skipping across greens. Um, you know, it's like, look, you're big boy, you're gonna play, you're gonna play some big boy golf and you're gonna be good. We gotta be able, we gotta we, you know, execution wise, we gotta be able to hit five irons up in the air and we gotta be able to make wedges land calmer, um, those kind of things. You can see it's definitely a little wider here. Like this swing here, it looks like it's a little more out in front of him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Gosh, how often has that worked on? I mean, like halfway back. I mean, it's just, you know, you work on it with, seems like I work on it 
at least 60, 70% of the time with amateurs getting the club started right. And then even professionals and talking to you guys and like, yeah, we're just trying to get the club a little better here going back or, you know, and then you have this, you know, you have this Twitter pack that's like, all that matters is impact. You know, and all that matters is just, just get to a good impact. Well, it's not that simple, right? I mean, it's yeah. like the backswing sets the stage for, for it, well, you know, for, for amateurs to develop skill and do different things on the downswing. And for tour players, backswing kind of makes things just a little bit easier and more repeatable coming down. And here's Sep just working on trying to get the club more out in front of him here, right? Yeah, and like the backswing thing, I, I agree. Impact call matters, right? The the problem with that is it's not just a position of the club. You know, there's there's rotations and pressure shifts and there's times and there's speeds that are going on in the backswing that are going to affect how this thing plays in the downswing. Um, you know, along with, like you said, those alignments, right? Of the shaft, arms, blah, blah, blah. How arms relate to, to torso, torso to lower, uh, on and on and on. So the thing is, it's like, this is a marathon, you know, you're trying to make, it's like, sure, impacts all matters, but you know, we're trying to make this as efficient as possible. So I'm trying to get these guys to where their bag can only be so bad. You know, I need them. I need, like you said, this is, you're talking about a shot or two here and there every tournament or two over 28, 30 events, whatever it may be. Right. So we're trying to get this thing as clean as it possibly can be and make it just because these guys can, achieve a task from a spot that me or you might not be able to from the same position. That doesn't mean that this, that that's the swing I want to keep forever. That means they're really talented. So in my mind, the easier I make that job, the better they should get. So that right there. So when you say his arms, like his, his hand path was kind of inside of that, like closer to his body. Yeah. So right there, his trail elbow would be, would be more bent and tucked behind the seam of his shirt already at that point. Okay. I see. Almost like he, like the elbow is like retracting back. Yeah. 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 So he's got a little more width out in front of him, um, which is a different relationship from the club head to the hand. So there's like, okay, his, his hands to his body, you know, you got your elbows and then there's from the hands to the club head. And, you know, those are like two separate things. Um, oftentimes when you're talking, so very clean there. I just, I, I, the big guy, man, when we were flips, when we were falling that day, do that again. I just like how that, I, I just like how that club just kind of, I mean, it just kind of just nice little fall. I mean, just, it just, just a nice little fall in transition. I mean, it just looks like it, it doesn't look like he's pulling or pinching or like, it just, just uh, comfortable, you know? uh, in transition. And then from there, it's just hit it. And, and, um, you know, sometimes you see that bigger drop, right. You see the bigger lay down and, and those kinds of things. And with, with Sep, it looks like it's almost like he's not applying any force, but just leave it alone and, and just let it be. And then he just kind of gets yeah. out of the way. Yeah. You see that transition stays pretty quiet when that, you know, when what's below, it's not flying open or jerking, right. It's not, throwing it down the line so like his right. his transition pretty pretty chill um you know where his peaks are good so you don't see a lot of bouncing around you know at the most distance. Yeah, the other thing i like about him i was watching him is i like that left knee kind of like something as simple as that this is uh, this is actually i pause this he's actually he's already kind of started down just barely but 
just like something as simple as letting that left knee kind of point a little more behind the ball, you know, and just right hip kind of turns back, left knee behind it. Um, I don't know. I, that, I think it's kind of lost in the shuffle sometimes. Um, and then from there, he just kind of falls left and hits it. And I wouldn't, Sep doesn't strike me as a guy that would back up too much through the zone. Like he does a pretty good job staying right on top of it, covering it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what he, honestly, that's one of the things he's gotten a lot better at. Um, okay. So that's um, something early on you guys cleaned up pretty quickly. Yeah, and, you know, usually that's a pretty quick place to go to when he gets in trouble and he gets pushy. The the looser his backswing gets, the more he puts a big slide on it. And the more he slides, the more he has to kind of arms get left behind him and his tilt to kind of line it back up. Um, so he gets a little too lateral with the legs. Yeah, it just gets kind of one-sided, right? Like you're talking yeah. about on the on the backswing. It's like, hey, guys, like, how, how much do you want me to shift back? How much do you want me to turn? How much do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. You know, how, now how are these guys going to play together and make some sense, you know? Because um, I agree with you. I mean, I think it's very easy for most people to get pretty one-sided. That's um, what we see a lot of. That's pretty good. So, yeah, I like that. Yeah, probably a little more height on that now, right? A little yeah. higher trajectory. Yeah, and this so, was a long iron. You know, we were – this was at uh, RSM, I think. He was hitting long irons up in the downwind, hitting them up in the air. So he gets – for the audience here at home, he would get a little little two this way. Yeah. Right? And then the spine would kind of be left back. Yeah. Versus maybe, versus maybe a little more – I'll exaggerate a little bit more – what feels like that way. Yeah. 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 So he would get, you know, get what, like you said, he get way more on the target side and the arms already kind of behind. So, yeah. you know, this job to, it's like kind of put my arms, I'm kind of mechanically sort of disadvantaged now. Right. So it's like to get, to get these arms to, to catch back up, there'd be a lot of yeah. this to get it yeah. done. Um, obviously works but then that's when it when that pattern gets exaggerated it's when it gets pretty pushy i get lateral like it's yeah i get exactly. too lateral it gets left i get right. a little more rotational it gets more out in front of me so then you imagine you know if you put your arms behind you a bunch you crank the lawnmower and then do that and, and that's uh, and that's where the neutral path comes from more so he's less draw bias and you know where he'd get too draw biased if he was if the legs were out racing and he's hanging, then the path gets on too far to the right. Then he's got to turn the face down more, and um, yeah. and that dispersion gets a little bigger. Versus if, if if he neutralizes that path more by not being so lateral and you know covering a little more, then he path a little closer to zero, tighter windows. Right, and that's a little bit of the cycle that you know you'd see it's like if you just cut the arms off and it's like all right it gets a little slidey and tilty it's like i imagine that's pushing and it's like well he's a really good player it's like cool i already know what his face is about to look like yeah um and then vice versa you know if i don't do that it goes left so then they start sliding you know so those are the that's the that's the cycle we're kind of bouncing back and forth all trying to keep them a little more in between you ever want to just look at set me like dude why don't you just just hit it harder Sometimes, right? You ever, ever just look at him and be like, dude, swing faster. Well, we're, we're working on it. You know, he, the thing is, he's a big, he's a big dude. You know, I don't know if people at, and you've obviously been out there with him. I know you're a tall guy too, but you know, Sep's a, he's a hoss. And, he's a big uh, boy, 6'3", big 235. Boys. Yeah. So he's got, you know, just the mass. So he's kind of got, 
he's got half the momentum formula built in, which is nice. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the stuff that you're saying, a lot of it, you know, physically, um, physically just thoracic mobility and hip mobility is the two things where he's super limited. Mm-hmm. So he's working hard on that and he's yeah. taking care of his body and working on it. And, you know, those things definitely have a, it's one thing to say, Hey, don't do this. But it's like, well, if, you know, if, if I can't, if everywhere my hips go, my chest has to go, you're going to start seeing some of those things. And same thing with the arms to the, um, you know, if, for me to get my arms back, everybody's got to get drug off of it both ways. That's where those ranges get kind of big with them sometimes. See, if I was on that podcast with them and Froggy did it on Wednesday with Sep, I'd have looked at them and said, all right, Sep, here's what I want from you. I want five more miles an hour speed. I can do it. I'm sure he can. Yeah, I'm sure. I think last year he was like 113, 114. Yeah. Um, right around the 300 mark, which was like, sign me up, right? Like for all, right. for all of us. But but 6'3", his, his, his size, his what he's got going, like, man, I'd be like, speed that damn thing up. Let's open up, let's open up that thoracic and that hip. And let's, yeah. cause I mean, look, five miles an hour to set on tour would be huge. Oh yeah. No, it's common. It's common. It's, it's definitely part of the plan here. It's um just wanting to do it the right way. Right. I'm wanting yeah. to bring a little yeah. bit better body and a, and a, and what do you a mean there's not a pill? You just take a pill and you get five more miles an hour. That's not uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just not, I'm just not into. I'm just not into drastically changing patterns, chasing it. You know, I want yeah. guys to be super tight and efficient, and uh, and just bring a, keep bringing a better athlete to the ball every year. Well, we talked about earlier in the show. You know how that window there can be a little dicey with the better players, and I mean, you start trying to go faster with a player that can get dicey too, right? Because all of a sudden you know, chasing distance. Like you look at Matthew Fitzpatrick came out on the other end um, and, and has done a nice job with his speed. There's been others that have made it through. Spieth wasn't so kind, took him kind of two and a half, three years to find his way back. And, you know, there's pitfalls to speed. And when they start trying to create speed and they know the attack angle game, if I hit up more this and that, um, you know, there's some things that can start happening. And then pretty soon, they've kind of lost their way with their irons and this and that. And then you're like, Oh my God, you know, through this, through this idea of speed, we've, the player has lost his DNA that got him there. So it's always a tricky cycle and it's not just as easy as, Hey, and, I, and I'm half, I'm half joking. Right. When I say this about Seth, like, Hey, I want five, yeah, more yeah. Miles an hour, five more miles an hour out of you. And you and I both know like, yeah, I mean, he, uh, he, you know, it's he's capable. I'm sure he could step in there right now and swing it at 120, no problem. Question is, can he mentally take that to the course and feel like Sepp Straka and play, right? And that's a journey that they have to go on to transition that to the course that that Fitzpatrick was able to do um, pretty seamlessly, but that's not always the case. Yeah. No, it's not. You know, and, and again, I, I agree. It's a, There's no doubt it's an advantage, right? Um but, you know, I think there's so much, there's so much leakage, you know, within what players already have. Yeah. That, um, to me, the better that gets, they're probably going to pick up a little bit of speed also. Um, but yeah, I'm not, you won't see any of my guys show up randomly one year swinging it longer and jumping off the ground and stuff. You know, it's funny. There's a video. I just, I just posted it. There's 
females in Hawaii. Right. And if anybody's got more speed in the tank, it's Tony. Mm. Um, and he posted this video and it, it was a long video, but, and I watched it in the middle of it is he's with his family. He did, he did this yesterday and they had, uh, the quad out there and he, he took a swing, John, and the club was like past parallel and carried it three, I don't know, three thirty or something, three thirty-five. Uh, and it was just awesome to watch. Like to your point, it's in there. Yeah. You know, like everybody thinks, well, how come he like, is that as far as he can? No, no. I mean, Tony can, if, if he wants to wind it up and hit it, yeah, he would be the longest on tour because there's 20 yards more of carry in his swing right now if he wants it. Yeah. And it's like, hey, you know, I think players find at the end of the day, absolutely distance is an advantage, but, yeah. but also, you know, they're paying you for the score you write down and, <laughs> And, you know, it's like all the way down to seven irons. It's like, well, tour average seven iron or to say trackman number says it's 172 or three or something, right? It's like, well, there's not one guy out there that couldn't hit their seven iron more than 172. So it's like, how do yeah. they, how do they all land around? I know that's the, that's the middle, but how do they all land around that? You know, these guys that have been out there for a long time, you don't usually see, you don't usually see them. The guys have long careers and they're, they're usually not trending that direction throughout their career. Right. It's usually everything's getting tighter and tighter and tighter and more polished and more polished and more, more polished, not longer, wilder, but at the same time, the game's changed a lot. And, you know, we've seen the advantage of speed and, and, and that you can do something about it. Yeah. Um, and you know, that that's obviously here to stay, I guess, but you got to figure out how to do it in the, I guess safest way possible. Yep. All right, John. Good stuff, man. I know you're at home. I know you got your two boys. Go. Uh, I don't want to take any more time away. Um, but I appreciate yeah. you coming on, man, and opening up about uh, the journey and great stuff with with Sep. And I know Bryce um, is out there again this year, yep. and, and Kevin Kisner, and you know, I know you you consult with some other players as well. So appreciate your time, man. All the best this year. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. PXG has done it again with the launch of a new lineup of drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons. The new Gen 5 golf clubs deliver significantly increased MOI, faster ball speeds, longer distances, and tighter dispersions, all coupled with the exceptional feel and sound golfers have come to expect from PXG. Schedule your custom fitting or buy online at pxg.com.